You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Credentials Required. This podcast is brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. Before we begin our t- today's interview, just want to remind you to go to our social media pages, which is on Twitter and Instagram at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, and YouTube. Just search for No Credentials Required. And speaking of the YouTube side, just want to ask you to kindly like, share, and subscribe to YouTube. Uh, hit the subscribe button. Also hit the notification bell. You know when new videos are coming up. And also find us on your favorite or preferred podcast medium, uh, whether it be Apple, Podcast, Spotify, Spreaker, Google Play, any of those places. Find us and kindly give us a rating as well, just so we know that we're you're paying attention. You're, you know we're out there. And even though this is an Albany-based show, still want to remind you about our hashtags, which is at my, hashtag Muddy518 and hashtag Local Sports Matter. Uh, usually we do Albany area sports, but today I have a very special guest, and you know, know might know her from seasons one and two of Last Chance U. I want to bring in my special guest, Brittany Wagner. Brittany, how are we doing today? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm doing just fine. How's things going down in uh, Alabama? Things are great, you know? Yeah, life is back in Alabama. <laughs> yep, it's back in New York, too, although it's a little bit later than some other states. But we're we're uh, pretty much pretty much open, which I'm very, very happy, happy for. 
I was just All there. Right. Actually. I was just in New York City earlier. This oh, okay. Month. I was happy oh, wow. to see driving. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm about uh, three and a half hours north, uh, up near Albany, the capital. So, so my typically my podcast covers local, repeated to local sports, but I try to bring in special guests every once in a while, and figured, all right, let's see if uh, Brittany Wagner works coming the pro- really? from the podcast. So, all right, so let's dig in and talk about your career, uh, your time on at uh, EMCC. Also talk about your book a little bit more. And also a couple of questions, a couple of curveball questions at the end. So was education something you've always been passionate about or is this, was this something you just, you fell into? Um, both. I think that I did fall into it. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, which I think is a positive for me now, because when I speak, students everywhere. That's kind of my message is you don't have to have it all figured out. There's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. on young kids to, you know, know what they want to do and make do everything perfectly and um, have it all figured out. And I, I didn't. I had no idea. Um, and I kind of fell into the athletic academic counselor thing. But once I was in it, you know, and and even before, both my parents are educators. So, I mean, I was kind of born into the whole, you know, education is important thing. But Mm -hmm. I also, you know, was able to kind of see both sides of the story through my job and working with athletes who felt like their only way out was through their sport. And then me trying to, to show them that, yes, that you can be good at that and that is important and let's work on that. But also you can be more than an athlete and really kind of preaching the education thing to them. So, you know, I think it was kind of both. I think I, I became more passionate about it as I worked with these athletes and started to see uh, their stories and really what they needed in order to be successful at the next level. Now, if someone mentions the town of Skua, Mississippi in a conversation, what kind of feelings or uh, memories does that specific town elicit? I think, you know, I mean, right when you said it, I just kind of started laughing because if you're mentioning (laughs) Mississippi in a conversation and like, I don't know what, you know, what your life consists of, but I mean, it, (laughs) the feelings are, are, mixed. I mean, I have feelings of joy and happiness and and really some warm, feel-good feelings about Scuba, Mississippi. And I also have anxiety and stress and like, oh, uh, because <laughs> look, I mean, it was eight great years of my life, but it's also a bubble. I mean, when you're in those tiny little towns like that, it feels like you're in this bubble and you kind of lose sense of reality of the rest of the world because you're just in this <laughs> weird place. Um, so I look back now at my time in scuba and I kind of, you know, question like some of my own, maybe uh, just my own healthiness, maybe just because I was in, hmm. it was, it's just a weird place to be. And it's a, uh, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, a couple, I have a couple of questions about your time at EMCC. Uh, you, 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 we t- you kind of touched on it, my first question, but how did you become an academic advisor at EMCC? And did you work exclusively with football players or did you work with other athletes as well? Yeah, that was a huge misconception from the show. I had 200 athletes and I was one counselor. I had no help. I had no assistant. I had no 
you know, secretary. I had nothing. I was one person to 200 athletes. So that's obviously our largest sport and most successful. And then I had men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, softball, golf, and rodeo, which rodeo. Wait, rodeo? Radio? Rodeo? Rodeo. I did not know it was college rodeo. (laughs) College rodeo. And we were national champions college rodeo as well. So, which was a whole nother, yeah, a whole nother show in and of itself. Um, So I, you know, it was a very stressful job because I was working, our our basketball team was successful. They competed for national championship several years in Mm -hmm. a row. Um, you know, and we sent athletes to the next level in all of our sports. So you, yeah. you, I wasn't just managing the eligibility and life of football players. What you saw me doing with football, I was also doing with basketball. I was also doing with baseball. Um, right. So, yeah, it, 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 and the cameras would just turn off. When other athletes would come in my office, you know, the cameras mm-hmm. would turn off and they kind of got to know who – who they were filming and who they weren't filming. Um, right. That was a huge misconception that I only worked with football throughout my whole career. Yeah. yeah did, did did you experience the the type, different personality types when it came to different sports? Absolutely. You, so, so rodeo, so rodeo people were different from the basketball players. They were different from the football players. Different from the baseball, golf, all those. Absolutely. I mean, and I think it all has to do with our upbringing and our experiences. And I think that's one thing that I learned is that, you know, that I learned and really started to believe in is that we're all a product of our experiences. And a lot of that has to do with privilege. I mean, you know, you would see the sports that just tend to have more privileged athletes competing in them. And, And there would be a mentality and a mindset attached to that sport because of the privilege that they had grown up in versus a sport that maybe had athletes that didn't grow up in that same privilege. And so it it was interesting because there were personality traits. Um, There was also a work ethic sometimes attached to the sports um, just based on, you know, how hard they had to work to get there, you know, and and then how rough the sport is, you know, and how, how mentally tough they have to be to play the sport. You would kind of see personality, you know, attached to that. I think also the success of the sport, you know, our football team was five-time national champions and the, their success alone, I think the pressure that was attached to that success also played a role in their having to deal with them and how, and how you needed to deal with them because there was more pressure attached to them sometimes, but just because of their success. Watching the show, I've I've watched all five seasons. I actually went back and rewatched seasons one and two before our interview. And as you said, there's a lot of misconceptions about the show. I recently watched an interview with Jason Brown from Independence from seasons three and four, and he says there's a lot of stuff that goes on that there's th- over 3,500 hours filmed, and only 16 of those or 32 of those make it to the show actual show. Uh, during the show, during season two, you you left EMCC, and from what I saw on the show, it, it was a difficult, kind of a difficult decision. Was it a difficult decision to leave EMCC? And do you still talk to anybody at EMCC? Do you still keep in communication with some of those people? It was a very difficult decision. Probably one of the most, if not the most, difficult decision I've ever had to make. Um, wow. You know, I, I knew that it wasn't just impacting me to leave. I knew that it was impacting 
a lot of people, including fans of the show, because the yeah. show originally wasn't going to migrate to different schools. It was an East Mississippi show. And, you know, when I left, I think it threw a curveball to the producers uh, um, and Netflix of what they were going to do next. And I, and I knew that I knew that it would impact a lot of people and, and all over the world. Um, I knew that it would, you know, and I, and I knew that it would impact the athletes that I worked with, which was really the hardest part of the decision was mm-hmm. just knowing that I was kind of leaving them. Um, it was extremely difficult. It was also, I think a beautiful moment because, and I, and I haven't watched it in a while, but it's one of my favorite scenes of the whole show where, a football player named Jay Johnson is talking to me and he says, you know, look, Miss Wagner, you, you tell us all the time to go for it and pursue our dreams. And now it's your turn, you know, and, yep. it, and the roles kind of reverse where he kind mm-hmm. of talked me into like, look, you've got to do what's best for you. And it's your turn to go live your dreams. And so go for mm-hmm. it, do what you keep always tell us to do. And, um, you know, and it was really the athletes and their affirmation and, and their kind of positive reinforcement to me that really probably put me over the edge of, of actually doing it. And do you still keep in touch with some of the people at EMCC or is that kind yeah, of? Yeah, I do. I, okay. No, I mean, you know, the longer you're gone from a place, I think the more distance becomes in the relationships. I think that's just human nature. But I do. I still keep in touch with some of the um, adults, you know, some of the faculty, staff and coaches. And then also... Mm-hmm. Many of the athletes, even before Last Chance U, just in the eight years that I was there, um, you know, I still text and, and touch base and talk to some of the athletes. But also social media helps. You know, I'm friends yeah. with a lot of athletes and people from Scuba on on social media. And so I get to kind of see what's going on and stay in the loop that way. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I, I admit that's one of the things that was always the hardest for me is when the athletes would leave. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're graduating and they're moving on. And that was always the hardest part was kind of letting them go and knowing that the relationship would change once they left. Um, right. It's tough. They feel like they're kids and they're there and you don't you don't really want to let them go. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got you. I have, I have a nephew who was actually he went to college this past uh, this past fall and it was he's only he's four hours away in Rochester, but it still, it, you, you kind of miss him when he's not there. Uh, of course he had to come back because of the, the COVID rate at uh, St. John Fisher spiked and he had to come back and do all of this stuff remotely. But, but yeah, I, I totally, I, I, I don't have kids of my own, but I totally understand where you're coming from. It's, it's tough to see. It's tough to see those kind of kids leave for bigger and better yeah. things. You, you hope the best for them, but at the same time you're like, Oh, I'm going to miss that guy. Or, I'm going to miss that girl. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. So my next question is what was the, you, you founded 10,000 pencils and uh, I've, unfortunately I forgot my own pencil. So I apologize for that. You said you always had to bring a pencil. Darn it. I forgot mine, (laughs) but you started 10,000 pencils. What was the, what was the starting point? What was the impetus to start 10 KP? I wanted to maximize the platform that Netflix had given me, you know, and I, I, I knew that, okay, here's this show. Now I have this platform that's bigger than I ever imagined I would ever have. What can I do with it? And when I, I decided to leave and I, and try to work with athletes or students um, everywhere. And so that's what 10,000 pencils is, is it's a company where I can be content and work with faculty, staff, coaches, students um, on on really how to meet the social and emotional needs of students. Because what I found over time is that students who are starving 
can't learn. You know, students who are in an abusive mm-hmm. relationship at home, you know, they come, they have trauma and they come to school and then we want them to fit in a box. You know, we want them to sit in a seat right. all day and, and do what, act how we want them to act. And, and when someone is starving, that's what's on their mind. And they don't understand why someone who supposedly cares about them is not addressing the fact that they're starving. And I think mm-hmm. that's the breakdown in education is that sometimes we're so focused on the data, we're so focused on the statistics and the numbers that we forget that we're dealing with human beings. But right. but when we're not, when we don't know our students and we don't know their, the, the life situations they're in, we're, it's we can't educate them. Um, because mm-hmm. it's like it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Until those top needs are met, you can't go down the ladder. And right. I think that's kind of where our education system breaks down. And so that's really my focus with Ten Thousand Pencils is is really pushing that message of building relationships with your students first, and worrying mm-hmm. about the test scores and the data and the statistics second. Um, and so you know that's that's what we've done over the last four years and. Uh, it's it's been fun and rewarding and incredible to travel all over the United States and meet people and see people um, see the struggles, see the successes of people all over this country. According to your website here, uh, you've, there's a television show in the works that's uh, being developed by Courtney Cox and Michael Strahan uh, based on your life. Now, who approached you about this idea? Was it was it was it Courtney Cox and Michael Strahan, or was it just some out of the blue somebody just said, "Hey, we want to do a show based on your life. Can, how, how can we how can we do this? How can we pull us off?" No, yeah, it was Strahan and Cox actually. Um, so Strahan has an entertainment company called Smack Entertainment. And they approached me um, and had already picked Courtney to play me. Uh, so mm-hmm. Courtney had already agreed. So actually, they they reached out via email. And then we had a conference call where we were all on the and just kind of talked about it. And it, and it went from there. And so, yeah, uh, it's super exciting. COVID, COVID put the brakes on it for a minute. Uh, so it's yeah. a little schedule but uh hopefully this next year it'll it'll be out and um i'm it's i mean look courtney to have courtney cox and michael strahan on your team i mean i don't know anything better than that so i'm super excited about it um it's gonna be awesome and fun and um and emotional uh so yeah yeah i'm excited Can she pull off the accent though? Can she pull off the Southern accent? That's my biggest question. Yeah. Well, Courtney is originally from Birmingham, (laughs) Alabama, which is where I live now. Oh, wow. Okay. She grew up in Alabama. Um, And it's funny because when we, when we, when we talk, so she's come here to see me a couple of times. I've gone to her house in Malibu and, and when she, uh, one of our early conversations, she said, gosh, you know, I spent thousands of dollars on, dialect school to get rid of my southern accent and now i'm gonna have to get it back um but you know i think it's it's in her core somewhere down in there so i don't i feel like she'll have absolutely no problem getting it back all right now my the reason why i brought you brought you on no credentials required is because i saw that you have a new book coming out on september 7th it's titled Next chance, you was writing this book something you had planned for a while, or was it something that just it just came up during COVID? Or what what was the purpose for writing this book? Yeah, I I, can't, I wanted to a while back. I kept having fans reach out and saying, 
you know, um, you should write a book or saying, you know, look, if I had had you when I was in college, I would have been more successful or I wish I, you know, had your advice in my life on a daily basis. And I just, that's, I was getting thousands of emails from not just athletes, but from adults all mm. over the world saying, you know, I wish I had you in my life. Um, and so I thought, well, why can't you, you know, why don't I write yeah. down the, 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 t- that I use to work with these athletes. Why don't I put it together in a, in a book form? And then, then you do have me, you know, and I, I am mm-hmm. available. And so it kind of came about that way. And uh, it was a long and hard process. I had no idea how to write a book, not writer. Uh, so, I mean, there were days where I wanted to throw my pencil and be like, forget this. But it, it, you know, it, I'm so proud of it. And I, and I, I'm proud of it because I wrote it like it's mine and I did it. And, mm-hmm. um, I started it, I finished it. It's authentic to me and to who I am. And so I'm really excited about it. And, uh, I hope that everyone, all the thousands of emails I got, I hope they buy the book and they're excited <laughs> to kind of share that. I mean, it is, it is, tools and tips, but it's also personal stories of my own life, my own struggles. I also tell Mm -hmm. stories of athletes that I've worked with, some that were in the show, some that were not. Um, And so, you know, it's it's inspirational, motivational, and also a little bit of of a kick in the butt too. So it's, yeah, it's good. Now, my next question, I've got a couple more questions left, but here's my next question. Who would benefit the most from reading your book? You know, the most, I think, young, I think, well, I think everyone, honestly, and I wrote it for that way. I, I didn't want to like pigeonhole into athletes only or into mm-hmm. college students or because I did get emails from so many people and, you know, from women everywhere going, wow, you're a woman working in a man's world. You know, how did you do that? Or how do you deal with being the only woman in the room all the time. And I got, you know, I got emails from, from older men saying, gosh, I, I I could use your input and your advice in my life now, but I really could have used it when I was younger. So Mm -hmm. I I wrote it for that with that in mind of kind of trying to reach everyone. I think though, that the, the, the college student, you know, really grabbing that book as a college student, a graduation gift or a college student or someone just out of college and into the workforce, um, mm-hmm. I think it would be extremely beneficial to them. But here, but really, it's for everyone working on their next chance. I, I was never a big fan of the whole last chance notion. Um, mm-hmm. I, I realized that with the show, you know, yes, a lot of these athletes were on their last chance to play at the next level, but I don't believe yep. that any of us are on the last chance in life. You know, I mean, we wake up, if you wake up, you have a chance, like you are working on your next chance if you woke up this morning. And so that's really the message of the book. So anybody that's going through a divorce, a new job, um, you know, graduating from college and going into the next phase of their life. I mean, anybody that's kind of has a dream and really wants to pursue it, that this book is for you because it is talking about how to maximize your next chance. And we all have one. We all mm-hmm. have an opportunity to be better today than we were yesterday. I, I have a, I have a little bit of a kind of a story about that. So behind me, up top of my, um, right there, 
yeah. is my bachelor's degree. Uh, a few years ago, I was, I was actually a, a chaplain for a pro hockey team. I was chaplain for nine years uh-huh. and the team that was, I was ministering to decided to leave. Unfortunately, they went to a different town. So I was kind of stuck figuring out what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do for now that there's no ministry out here anymore? And lo and behold, and I decided I do some research. And I found that uh, a school that was doing had a partnership with the company I work with uh, presently. Uh, this is not my day job, unfortunately. I would like to make this my day job, <laughs> but uh, I decided, all right, let's give it a shot. Let's go get, go to school, get my bachelor's, and th- took three years of sweating and praying and sometimes crying and just putting your nose to the grindstone. And last last May, I graduate with my bachelor's degree in communication from Regent University. A lot of it had to do with was from your inspiration from the show. You tell them football players or other athletes that it, you, this is not your last chance. This is not your last chance. Contrary to the title, this is not your last chance. You if you as long as you're breathing, you're you're still useful for something. And you can That's still awesome. go out and make a difference in this world. So so a lot of that inspiration, part of the inspiration was was Aww. you talking to athletes and just speaking into their lives and saying, you can do this. I have hope in you. I have hope. You know, you have, you have hope in anybody who walks through your door and says, I'm struggling with this. And you always kind of kept them on that path. And that was a little bit of an inspiration of one reason why I went to college and got my degree. So, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. That's incredible. Yeah. And you know, that's true. We all have the ability to, better our own lives. And I think sometimes things like that, bad things happen to us and mm-hmm. we, we sit in it, you know, and we think like, well, woe is me. And we, and, and there's nothing I can do. And, and that's the lie that society or, you know, we're telling ourselves, but the, it's a lie. You know, we always have mm-hmm. an opportunity and, and it takes work and it's not easy and it's not free and the blood, sweat and tears are real. But, um, yep. You know, we all have the opportunity. We all are valuable enough to go for it. And I think that's, you know, that's the key right there is having the confidence in yourself and the and the value in yourself to understand that you're worth it. And, um, yeah. you know, that's what I try to instill in the athletes. And that's what I try to portray in the book, too, is that we matter, you know. And so go out and grab the best life that you can because it matters. Excellent. No, definitely. It's definitely wor- worthy advice for sure for anyone who's listening to this podcast or watching on YouTube too, because this will be on YouTube as well. Brittany, thank you again for your time. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, where, where can they find the book when it comes out? Can we pre-order it? Give us, you, you have the platform, my lady, go ahead and tell the people where can find you. You can pre-order the book now on any Outlet, you can buy a book. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, you can pre-order. Um, indie, I think it's Indie Bound um, and Bookshop as well. And the book comes out September 7th. You will be able to buy it wherever you can buy books. And also there will be an audible version of it as well. And I will narr- I am narrating it myself. So that will be fun to hear my Southern accent read the book, I guess. Um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, Brittany underscore MS girl from Mississippi, Brittany underscore MS girl. Or Facebook, my fan page is Brittany Wagner. Excellent. Well, thank you for your time. Brittany, again, I know you have a really busy schedule. And I just humbly, I just very humble that you would be coming on my little podcast here in upstate New York and talk about your career, your, your little bit of your life and give us a, a background about what your book's about. So again, thank you for your time. I really do appreciate thank it. Thank you.
Thank you so much for having me. The following announcement is paid for by Godzilla Media and Tech East Fire and Water Restoration. Six months. I've been waiting six months and I am officially back at the hideaway. Now, I wanted to have somebody with me for the first show back live from the hideaway, but Levac, this is a... Levac, is that you? <laughs> Sunday, July 11th, we are live from the hideaway. Levac and Gaz back. 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. YouTube. Wild Tech World of Sports Tournament booking now at the hideaway. That's right. Godzilla Media's YouTube page. Techies' Facebook page. Day after on Apple and Spotify. It is official. We are back. Levac and Gaz. you've ever talked in the history of Levac and Gaz. Sunday, July 11th. See you then. Well, yes, the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Big announcement from Godzilla Media. Levac and Gaz, the boys are back this Sunday at the Hideaway. So if you're in the local 518 area, I go to the Hideaway in Stillwater at Saratoga Lake Golf Course. They're going to have, obviously, the uh, the guys are going to be back. They're going to be talking about the history of Levac and Gaz. If you can't make it to the Hideaway, again, as Gaz mentioned in the, in the announcement, go ahead and go to Godzilla Media's YouTube page and or... Techies Fire Water Restoration's Facebook page to watch the event. Unfortunately, I won't be there. I've got some other things going on, but guarantee I'll definitely be at the next Levac and Gaz show live. And hey, maybe I'll buy you a beer. Stop by and say hello to Ryan from No Credentials Required. And again, I want to thank Brittany Wagner for stopping by this week in the podcast. Really, really grateful to have her as a guest in the podcast. And again, check out her book, Next Chance You. Thanks again for listening to No Credentials Required. This was episode 34 of the podcast. Next week, I'm going to have LeVac on my podcast. We're going to talk about local sports, in particular, the Albany Empire. We're going to talk about that, and we're going to talk about some other local sports. Hopefully, uh, we'll talk about some Firewolves. We'll talk about some Valley Cats, uh, Valley Cats baseball. And we'll also talk about the uh, Premier League, Premier Lacrosse League coming to town in mid-August. So you want to check that out at UAlbany's Casey Stadium. And before I leave you, I just wanted to remind you about our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, and YouTube. Just search for No Credentials Required. And I also want to remind you to like, share, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell. You'll know when new episodes are released. And on the podcast side, I really would appreciate a subscribe. Also, please do a review or just like to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. That way we know that you're listening to the podcast. Also, give us a review on Spreaker. And also, again, subscribe wherever you find podcasts. Thanks again for joining me this week on No Credentials Required. And until next time, catch you later. courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 